It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How can the Cowboys make their offense more explosive now that Dak Prescott is back? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. <laughs> Landon, how's it going today, sir? It's good. It's question day. You know what's interesting is that yesterday I was kind of just uh, going through the Cowboys site looking at interviews it was weird to see they only had like a 25 second interview with Dak after the game kind of, you know, heavily implying that he would be back this week. It was weird to hear Dak's voice again. <laughs> like I was like, you know, oh, we wow. hear from him hear hear from him every week for so long and then uh to to not hear from him for a while was was interesting. So, uh, I'm excited he's back and I'm excited to be answering questions. Yeah, so we're we're assuming that Dak Prescott is going to be yes, back. Yes. Uh, the Cowboys, I don't believe they practiced yet today, but the expectation is that Dak will be back. And a lot of you have questions about just the offense in general, and I get it. The last time we saw Dak, Cowboys offense put up three points against Tampa Bay. They didn't play well. Before that, it was the playoff game against San Francisco where they didn't really play all that well. So – I think some people are a little bit nervous, so let's get to your questions. The first one comes from at YoChewy24. He wants to know, at what point will the Cowboys start incorporating Cavante Turpin into the offense? Quick screens, jet sweeps, short passes. He is so explosive with the ball. Why not give him more touches on offense? I, I think they've tried. I mean, they have given him a couple of looks. There was definitely one deep pass that they were trying to. Get, they were going to try to get to him that I think ended up going to CD Lamb. And it, was it against the Rams? Uh, I can't remember. Maybe. But they, yeah. they've had a couple of different times where they've given him a jet sweep. They've run him out in routes. Uh, they tried to get the ball to him in short situations. Uh, I, I think that you know what's what's they've run into a lot is is they haven't had. Uh, and they've actually addressed this, I think, at several points, is that they haven't had necessarily a ton of plays in some of these games. Yeah. And, and and I think that they don't necessarily uh, – they have plans to get to that with Turpin, uh, but it just doesn't – they don't get enough offensive snaps to kind of get around to it. So 
I, I think that they will continue to kind of work him in a little bit more as the season goes on. You don't want to overdo it, especially early. You want to, you know, save some of that, you know, potential big play stuff, trickery stuff, uh, some of it in your back pocket for later in the season. I'm sure he'll be involved at that. I, and I also think that they have, you know, right now three receivers that they want to try to get the ball to uh, consistently, and they like their tight ends as well. So I, I think, you know, we're going to have a conversation about like uh, some of the talent and, and some of it needing to step up. But I, I think as far as volume of targets, uh, uh, targets as in people that you would like to get the ball to, I think the Cowboys have a lot of bodies there. So it's, it's kind of getting around to it. That has been the issue with Turpin so far. So, and I think part of it's been the backup quarterback. So I think yeah, it's, it's True. really easy on Twitter to say, Oh, you have a backup quarterback. Why not just give the ball to Turpin and make the life life on him easier. The problem is, for example, if you're throwing a wide receiver screen and you're at a shotgun, right? You need your quarterback to be able to catch the ball sometimes without the laces and get it to the outside quickly with velocity so that receiver can start making plays up the field, right? That requires a lot of arm strength to, to be able to do that. I don't know if that's necessarily Cooper Rush's strength, right? If you're running the jet sweeps, right, that requires timing and lots of practice, right, to get down the snap and be able to turn and hand it off to the receiver so he's not slowing down. Like that stuff takes a lot of work. And sometimes I think that's just it's it's almost too much for a backup quarterback to worry about. Instead, just give them some really easy throws and really easy routes to work with. I won't be surprised if Turpin gets more involved in the offense now that Dak is back. And let's let's not remember, like, what's the downside of what of what Marcus just discussed, right? What's the downside if the ball doesn't get out quick enough to Turpin, or uh, if he's running a slant and it's a slow roller to him? The, the 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 downside is that Turpin's having to wait on the football to arrive to him, and the defenders are bearing down on yes. him, and that's not a good situation. So, exactly. yeah, I think that that those are really good points. Timing's a really big thing. You, you want to go run routes and run, uh, you know, plays that are going to be safe for Turpin. You want to get yes. the ball in his hands quickly, not have to have him, you know, jump up in a contested catch or, or or you know make make plays with defenders around him. You want him to get the ball in space and then create more space. So sometimes that's tough if you don't have a quick and accurate quarterback to get the ball out to him. That and you want him making plays with air in the defense, right? And I think the yeah. last couple of weeks against the Eagles and against the Rams – they're just not afraid of getting beat down the field. Like as well as Cooper Rush has played, he the safeties aren't worried about getting beat over the top, right? It's just not his game. But once Dak comes back and he hits a couple deep passes to Gallup and a couple deep passes to CD Lamb, you'll see the linebackers start to to give him a little bit more space, and that's when the underneath stuff to Turpin starts to have some success. So. Not saying it's going to happen this week, but I won't be surprised in the next two or three weeks if you don't start to see more of him in the offense. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's let's stay on the receivers because a couple other people want to know about Jalen Tolbert and James Washington. Uh, this from from Ahmad. He wants to know who is more likely to have significant playing time this season, James Washington or Jalen Tolbert? I mean, I, I think Tolbert. Uh, simply because I don't really know what the status is of James Washington at this point. I mean, I think there's talk about him coming back, uh, you know, and for Tolbert, it's, it's about, you know, just developing into a, a valuable enough as wide receiver or getting good enough at special teams that you can be rostered. Right. Um, you know, I, I think it, 
it's it, it could be close, and that's a decent question because you know Washington is a guy that once he gets healthy, they probably will put out there. But I mean, if you're giving me my druthers, I would much rather put Tolbert out there and have him learn on the job and surpass James Washington than hope that a yeah. veteran wide receiver who hasn't done a ton in his career as as it is right now coming back from a foot injury in the same season and just trying to produce at the same level as a a rookie who's still trying to learn the ropes. And remember, the reason why the Cowboys signed Washington was because they knew they were going to be without Gallup for the first handful of games in the season. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't sure about Jalen Tolbert, which we saw. Jalen Tolbert wasn't ready. And they were still waiting to see if Noah Brown could grow into a bigger role. Now that Gallup is back, Noah Brown is clear, clearly your wide receiver three. Obviously, you have CeeDee Lamb. I'm not sure what the appeal is. James Washington doesn't play special teams, so he's going to run into the same exact problem Jalen Tolbert has. I don't know. I, I, I would I would assume Jalen Tolbert's going to get more looks. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, you're, the questionnaire is asking us, and I understand because we asked for questions, but he's really we're really barking up the wrong tree because neither of us even understand why Washington's still on the team. To be honest, like. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. It, his value was for the first month of the season. And unfortunately, because he got hurt, he wasn't able to help there. Now his spot on the team, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a strange it's a strange thing. Uh, all right, let's, let's get to some more questions. But before we do that, we want to tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster, most importantly, for free. All you have to do is add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That is linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Landon, let's get to some more questions. I and mean, we have a lot of really good ones. Uh, let's stay with the offense. This from from at JBay31. Is there one move that you would make to try to improve the Cowboys offense going forward? Again, I think people are really nervous that just because Dak is back doesn't mean this offense is going to be good again. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know like what they're specifically looking for. I, I guess I got one. Yeah, let's hear it. I think I'd play Jason Peters at left tackle. Oh, oh, so we're talking about okay. Well, it can be whatever. I, I, okay, it can be cool. whatever. Well, I thought we were talking about specifically trades. No, no. Uh, yeah, let's let's, like let's, let's, let's hear let's hear the talk about that. Give, give me your 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 pitch there. 
left guard has been a massive issue for them. Even when Connor McGovern's been healthy, he's pretty clearly the worst offensive lineman in the starting group. I think the plan, as we talked about yesterday on the podcast, for Tyron Smith to eventually come back and be the left tackle and to move Tyler Smith to left guard. I think it's easier to have Jason Peters play left tackle. If you need to help him a little bit, you can help him and have an awesome left guard that can help you really run the ball now in the middle. I think that's the – I don't know if you're going to get better at left tackle. There's a chance you would. Jason Peters is still really good. But I think you could significantly upgrade at left guard and overall your entire offensive line if you kick Peters out to tackle, move Tyler Smith into guard. Yeah, I mean, I think despite the criticism that we gave this coaching staff last year for kind of making these midseason changes on the offensive line, I think this is a different situation, right? Like where you've got Jason Peters who's been playing left tackle for the majority of his life or Mm -hmm. football life, his NFL football life. Yeah, um, majority of his life, basically. Yeah, <laughs> frankly, the majority of his life at this point, he's played, played so long. Uh, and 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 then you know Tyler Smith, it, it, you know, is obviously not unfamiliar with left guard. He played basically left guard exclusively throughout the the, the spring and through training camp. So uh, I tend to think what you do is you see if you can get through these next two games, uh, and then make the transition uh, during the during the bye week. And, and I do think that yes, I agree. I think putting Peters at left tackle, kicking Tyler Smith into guard. What it does is that it, it gets your best five out there in playing probably the best five, best configuration of those five, right? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, what it does is that it makes a very smooth and easy transition for when Tyron Smith comes back. He simply slides into left tackle. You make Jason Peters your swing mm-hmm. guy. And frankly, I mean, if you wanted to, you can make – well, I mean, McGovern is, is probably a better choice at left guard to come in if you needed to. But you, if you needed to, you could just play Jason Peters as your swing left side guy if you had to. I, uh, I mean, if, it, plus I think it's great to have McGovern back as your sixth offensive lineman, right? Full, fullback is what you mean. Yes, full, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, we're kind of joking, but also no. kind of not. Like it, it's, no. it's way harder in the middle of a game to move Connor McGovern from left guard to fullback rather than just bringing him off the bench and having him play fullback, right? Because now you're messing with two positions. Yeah, and 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 you know, if you're asking me like what I would change, you know, now that the the now that Dak's back to help this offense, I would I I would love for one of these reporters to ask Dak and I and I hope that they don't they wouldn't do this in a way that's condescending or or suggesting that he needed to learn something from Rush, but I would I would love to know what Dak learned these last five weeks while he was out like not, not necessarily about the playing the quarterback position or, or or something that rush did that that he would play better what did he learn about his own team that, what did that's he learn about say, yes. what what did he learn about this defense what did he learn and, and and by learning about how talented this defense is does that make his uh uh game what's the word i'm looking for like demeanor different Right, where like, he basically doesn't feel like he has to put on a Superman cape every single drive down there, right? Because like, that's that's when we've had run into the issues, right? Is when yeah. it, it feels like Dak has to, to carry the whole team by himself, and and that's when he starts pressing, and, and and that has you know kind of mixed results, you know, at times when he does that. And, and to be fair, this isn't just a Dak Prescott issue. Like I, you look across no. the league, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have the same problem. Aaron Rodgers is having it right now. Like yeah. they're designing good plays and options underneath and he wants to play hero ball on third down yeah. because that's what he's done his whole career 
Um, yeah. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes to a degree, right? His defense is really good. Sometimes he takes unnecessary chances. I think for Prescott, like he probably knows, hey, if it's third and 11, I don't have to throw the riskiest throw. If we take eight yards and punt, it's okay. It's not the end of the world with this defense. Yeah, and I think also having a run-based offense isn't the worst thing for this offense. Like, you know, especially with all the too high coverage that we're seeing, all the low points that are that are, are being scored across the league, yeah. I think that teams are finding that having a solid and reliable run game is about as good as a remedy for facing all the too high coverage that they are facing as there is in the league. Eventually, when you run a t- against a team successfully, they're going to have to drop down that, that second safety in there and that's when you attack the cover one, cover three uh, portion of, of their defense. Uh, so I, I think all these things, hopefully, uh, you know, again, I don't want to frame it like Dak Prescott doesn't know how to play quarterback. That's not it at all. What it Correct. is is understanding the state of his own team, understanding the state of what, str- what the strength is of, his, of this team, which is the defense, and, and, and internalizing that and realizing I don't need to, you know, I've got a defense that can support me, you know, and, and, and I think playing that will help the offense play better complementary football. at times. I think a good example of this last year was the first Washington game in Washington where the defense was completely dominant. And then Dak made a risky throw in the fourth quarter that led to a pick six. And all of a sudden Washington got right back in that game. If he just runs the ball, throws it out of bounds, Washington wasn't moving the ball at all on defense. Just like it's 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 okay with this defense, especially when you have a lead, to just let them kind of do their thing. There's going to be times where he's going to need to bail out the defense. I don't get the sense that it's going to be the next couple of games, but we shall see. Uh, all right, next question. This one from Goran. He wants to know, can we use t- uh, Tristan Hill finally clicking in his fourth season as a lesson for patience regarding Neville Gallimore's slow start? Um, I mean, I don't think it's been any debate. Tristan Hill has been better than Gallimore this year. Should we exercise patience on this one, or do you think there's something else going on here? No, I mean, I, I think patience is shown. Like, you know, the, like, look, all these guys were young when we drafted them, and they got better as time got, got, got on. And, and, you know, defensive tackle is one of those positions that, you know, there is a certain tier of guys who come in as physical freaks and, and are able to play right away and have no issues. But there's there's a lot of there's a you know a good portion of these people folks that have to come in and, and and play and learn how to play the position properly, especially as a pass rusher. So uh, yeah, I mean I, I'm certainly not uh, you know s- some of this stuff that we talk about you know even going back to Tolbert a little bit, some of this stuff is not a, a case of the player failing, right? It's, it's a case of other players doing really, really well. You know, I don't know that Gallimore has failed to develop. I think, you know, you would hope that he was a little bit further along than he is, but I think the thing that's really accentuating this is that Tristan Hills really played a lot better. I think with Tolbert, it's, it's like Noah Brown. Everyone, you know, talks about Tolbert, but then they don't talk about how the improvement of Noah Brown forced Tolbert off the roster. So I think that those those are things that we need to consider when we're having these conversations. And yes, to kind of get to the the larger question, I think patience is important with these defensive tackles because, especially for someone like Gallimore, who is coming from an, an OU defense that you know we've already talked about at different points, is very different. He had to learn a whole bunch of new techniques. He had a lot to learn over this time period, um, and and that's that can be difficult. I'm just not quite as optimistic that 
Gallimore is going to develop the way Tristan Hill did for a couple of reasons. Number one, Gallimore is a full year older than Tristan Hill. Like Hill was a really young prospect coming out who didn't play a lot of football. Um, his, his growth got stunted a little bit because he played with what three different defensive coordinators in his first three years. Yep. Right. Rod Marinelli, Mike Nolan, Dan Quinn, he tore his ACL, uh, hit what, 2020 season, right. Same game that Dak tore his, yep. um, he just hasn't played a lot where Gallimore he's been in the system for a couple of years now. He, you know, he's already, tw- I think he turns 26 at the end of this season. I don't know. I also, I, I also think they've moved him around a little bit more than Hill has. It, he I, has reshaped his body, and, and yeah. so I don't know quite as much. But I, I guess I'm just more optimistic long term that what we're seeing from Tristan Hill is going to be what we're going to get from him, rather than Gallimore taking a, another step or two in the next year. I, I also think that what, you know because he's changed his position, we need to change our our our. Uh, you know, standard for him, right? Like he's playing a lot more one technique. He's playing sure. a lot more nose. He's not doing very much three technique stuff. Certainly not at the rate that that Tristan Hill or or uh, Osa are uh, are no. even. You know, probably on on par with what what Golston is doing at times. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that he's a different type of player than Tristan Hill is now, and I think he's moved into being more of their, you know nose guard nose guard that can pass rush a little bit more and then even then even the nose guard stuff has been uh has kind of been superseded by how well quentin bohana has played and he's been harder guy harder guy to keep off the field. so we've got a really good question about the defensive line in general and i, I want to get to that but before we do that i want to tell you guys about bet online betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every single sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including NFL, NBA, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, this is a, a really good question about the defensive line. It comes from at Cowboys Optimist, so you know this isn't my burner. Oh, yes. uh, I'd like a deeper dive into the team's defensive line rotation. Watching the game, it's hard to follow the subs coming in and out. Is there a structure to the rotation? Is it based on certain down and distance considerations? It's package-based, from what I can tell. It's formation-based. Like they They have three or four well no more than that like seven or eight different uh packages and alignments that they use in those packages and i think each one of those alignments has their own positions and i think that they like to use specific players in each one of those positions for instance they have an alignment where it's kind of almost a tight formation where they've got three guys inside uh, uh the tackles uh, yep. uh you know one is a four eye one is a kind of a, a a nose and then one is a true three technique you know they'll use tank lawrence for that four eye they'll use golston they'll use Armstrong. Ooh, a nice play last week by the way yeah uh, yeah he did actually 
uh, they'll they'll use a tackle. They'll use uh, some of those other guys inside. The, they'll use Tristan Hill in that, as a four eye sometimes. Uh, I, I think it's 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 they have these variety of roles that are inside of individual packages that have specific techniques, meaning like you know zero technique, three technique, four te- specific techniques for that package. Mm-hmm. And then I think that they have players that they like to use for each one of those techniques, right? And they kind of will rotate those techniques in. It, it's a lot to keep track of, I imagine. Um, but I, I think that that's part of if, of what you see and, and why it seems kind of random at times is because it's not necessarily, okay, it's not like hockey, right? Where you've got your first right. line and your second line and you're just rotating them in. I, I think that it's it's there is an element of that. I'm sure they have like a four-man front you know, base package and then they have their ones and their twos. But on top of that, they're also rotating in different, uh, you know, formations. And then those are being subbed in based on, you know, what they're trying to do with each one of those techniques and who best fits that position. And a lot of it's just game plan based, right? Like there's certain sure. games yeah. where Bahana is just not going to be active because they don't need a big, you know, plotty nose tackle. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I'm curious to see what they do this week against Detroit because Detroit has a really good offensive line and they want to run the ball. Is this a game where we see like Tristan Hill, Bohana, Osa, and Gallimore all play a bunch of snaps? I think, I think it's possible. Yeah, uh, it certainly is when you consider the fact that Jared Goff is not exactly going to be slinging the ball around the field too much, you would imagine. Yeah. Uh, all right, last question. This is a really fun one. Uh, this one from David. He said, back in the day, quarterbacks used to have nicknames jim machine gun kelly rocket randall cunningham joe cool montana why don't quarterbacks have nicknames anymore and can you think of any good ones so first of all i did a lot of research on this today oh Uh, boy we do have some quarterbacks that have nicknames right now right uh danny dimes we had johnny football a couple years ago Uh, can you think of any other quarterback nicknames out there right now because i have i mean i mean look Mr. Unlimited is getting a that's lot one, of right? a lot of grief. And honestly, I think that's my answer, right? Like the problem is, is that the nicknames eventually once the worm turns, those nicknames get used against you pretty heavily. Yes. So that's, I think, part of the issue. Let's, let's hear a couple more of these names though. I want, uh, I want to okay. <laughs> Would you believe that on pro football reference, Dak Prescott's nickname? Because if you go click on their names, you could see that, like the the, the yeah, they have nicknames. the nicknames in there. Yeah. Have you ever heard anybody call Dak Prescott the Fortress? No. <laughs> no. Wait, but that has to be a Cowboys nickname, right? Because that's not something from he wasn't number four in college. Uh, it says the Fortress. That's Is what it, it says. F O U? No, no, it's F O R T. Oh, it's spelled like it's supposed yeah. to be. Okay. Uh, I don't. I, the only way that name makes sense is that if you're incorporating the fact that he's number four. I, yeah, I would I, say, I, I, right? So Tom Brady has a bunch of them. Uh, yeah. TB12. Got it. Uh-huh. Tom Terrific. Yeah, I've heard that one. That's stupid. Touchdown Tom. <laughs> That's another stupid one. Yeah. Uh, the Goat, which I get. Okay. The Pharaoh. Never heard that one. Does he tell riddles or something? What? what, what it, why there's is one he... that just says, sir. Just S I R, sir. No, no. Why are they coming up with this? I, 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 is the pro fo- the pro football reference site apparently is like Wikipedia, where anyone can kind of go in there I, and edit. edit, edit. James should... Winston Jabo. I've heard that one. That that one goes back to college, right? Yeah. Like so, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, we got a lot of these. So if you ever want to just like burn an hour, go to Pro Football Reference and just type in any random quarterback on there. And it's pretty good. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and it's, and it's not just quarterbacks because I definitely have been on there before and looking at a player's profile and, and seeing a nickname listed there that I was like, I've never heard that nickname for that player ever. <laughs> There's in my some life. wild ones on there too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think the nicknames now are almost derogatory towards a quarterback, yeah. right? Like yeah. you, you don't want a nickname because it feels like then they're almost making fun of you, like Danny Dimes or Mr. Unlimited. Shout, shout out to you, McCactus, yesterday because when when the whole thing went went down about uh, uh, Russell Wilson and his hamstring situation, Yuma came into my mentions and goes, "Was, was on the injury report? Was he listed as unlimited?" And Limited. it was maybe the best thing I saw on Twitter yesterday. I, I do, I do think we need to get more nicknames back in the NFL. That's why we miss Chris Berman doing like a full primetime thing. Is that's how we used to get all these awesome nicknames? So. Yeah, he was he was definitely the conduit for all <laughs> nickname creation in the late mid to late nineties for sure. Uh, all right, that's it for today's show. Thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than thirty minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I got a busy week for you guys uh, tomorrow. We've got the crossover show with Matt Derry, which is it was already recorded that. That was a lot of fun. Make sure you check that out. Lane and I will be back on Friday to preview this week's seven matchup with the Lions. Follow him on Twitter at Lane or at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.